everyone, Terry Welbrock here, host of the Healing Place podcast. So I have a big favor to ask before we dive into today into today's inspirational, wow, very enlightening uh, conversation. So the Healing Place podcast is a contender in the 18th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Yay! And if you go to podcastawards.com, so P-O-D-C-A-S-T-A-W-A-R-D-S dot C-O-M, you can find the Healing Place podcast under the health category. Uh, That was the best choice for mental health. And the people's choice category. So those are the two areas where you can nominate If you love this show, please, please, please take just a few minutes to go vote for the Healing Place podcast in the 18th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. All right. Now for today's beautiful, wonderful episode. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and so very excited to have with me today Joshua Cameron. And Joshua is an elite trained master healer whose purpose is helping those who have lived with chronic debilitating pain, find relief and begin living their lives with joy, gratitude, and renewed energy, which I'm like, yay. All right. Welcome, Joshua. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate you providing the space. Oh, absolutely. I know myself, I told you before I hit record, I've I've been on my own trauma journey, but I've also, uh, over the last few years, and thankfully doing so much better, went Mm -hmm. through what I say, um, is just kind of God's way, source, whatever you want to call it, of taking me that one step further on my evolution and went through this horrible physical um, pain and Mm. journey. And so that was something I had never dealt with before. And fascinating to me how my trauma was interconnected with all of it. So can you talk to us and, and touch upon that for us? As far as just how trauma will entangle itself into like each part of who we are. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, well, I, I think that, you know, when we look at trauma, I find it, it, well, first off, there is no truth of the capital T, right? There is no one way to look at this. Uh, and so what I really encourage people to do is to create a map, right? A map is not the territory, but a map allows me to get to the territory I'm looking to get to. And so create a map that works for you. And what I really like is the idea that uh, shamans talk about this idea of a soul retrieval and think of trauma uh, as a way of, you know, your, your values of the world, your model of the world has been violated to such a degree that you just can't compute and it corrupts the code within. And when it corrupts that code within, what happens is it almost takes a, a fracture of a, a splinter of our soul and it traps it in, in a prison in time, which is why, you know, no matter how old we are, right, if we've got a hurt little child, well, it doesn't matter if you're 55, you still act like a hurt little child. And so what happens is since we're not whole, well, that and we haven't dealt with, right, that that block, well, all energy needs to flow. And as energy is trying to flow within us, and every we know that everything's energy, we know everything's made of atoms. We know atoms are ninety nine point nine to the six, you know, you know uh, empty space. 
uh, you know, we know from, you know, physicists, you know, say Max Planck, you know, who was a contemporary of Einstein that, you know, everything is consciousness. Consciousness is primary. Um, so we know that everything is energy. You know, everything is consciousness. So as that energy is trying to flow, well, what happens is it's flowing and it's hitting that block, right? That, that cell that's, that's holding, you know, a part of us, you know, back in time. And it's there to remind us, Hey, you know, there's a disturbance in the force. Hey, there's something not healthy. Hey, there's something that you need to, that you need to deal with. The problem is we don't raise people. We don't raise kids on how to deal with trauma. We don't raise kids on how to look at, oh, now that I'm safe, now that the tiger is no longer chasing me, well, let me go ahead and decompress what just happened. And so I can move on forward and, and, and be whole again. And so we're always fractured. So what happens is when that energy is 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 revealing to us, hey, there's there's something unhealthy here. Well, we just double down on it. And if we double down on it, well, what did Carl Jung say? Well, that which you resist persists. Yeah. Wow. And so very powerful. And I I mean, I know I love when I learned about the stored negative energy, which you and I talked about very briefly, that yeah. even having a moment of when when startle effect like just shaking it out and, and allowing my body to release that. I think I saw something, some sort of video one time and, they, and it was talking about these researchers had gone out in the field in Africa and, uh, uh, and a lion, a jaguar chased this gazelle and uh, caught it and drug it over to eat it, but left, right? But the, the animal was still alive and it realized, oh, okay, my predator's gone hopped up and ran and found its herd. But at, when it got to its herd and it was safe, its whole body was twitching. Its ears were twitching. Everything mm. was, and they were talking about how they then recognized that it was processing its trauma. Like it was releasing it. And so is that something that you help people do uh, along their healing journey? You talk about the physical pain. Is, is that something like helping people release that trauma? Mm, I love the image of the gazelle. I never thought about that, but yeah, uh, really what, what happens is, you know, you, you might hear people who throw these lines around like, oh, it just feels like I'm cursed. I have such this curse of bad luck. Everything I try to do, it's like I have this cloud, you know, above me that's just keeping the sun from being able to reach me. Well, you know, that curse is just, it's, it's built up energy and that energy. Um, imagine if all energy needs to flow and our, our energy quits flowing, well, what happens when water quits flowing? Well, it stagnates. And if water stagnates, well, then what's attracted to stagnating water? Well, parasites, mosquitoes. And so what happens is, you know, what we feel, you know, we might even feel like things are watching us. Well, these mosquitoes, and these parasites of the energy world are feeding on our, you know, on our soul. And the soul is the superset, right? The superset, which is what, you know, the governing agent, what did Max Planck say? Everything is consciousness. Consciousness comes from the superset, which is the soul. And if the soul is being drained, well, what happens is our body and our minds, well, they break down as a natural consequence. So what I do is I help get rid of those parasites. I help get rid. Well, first I help uh, open the flow again. But when you open the flow, what that does is, yeah, it does get rid of the stagnant energy in much the same way that, uh, you know, the Tao Te Ching has this idea that if you give evil nothing to, nothing to oppose, it'll go away on its own. Not because it's not there, but because you can step out of its way. And most people, when they're fighting mosquitoes, right, they're flopping their hands around and they're just trying to, you know, like a maniac, trying to get rid of it. Well, the problem with that is that mosquitoes are attracted to us by two main things. One is odor. And the second is carbon dioxide. Well, if I'm flopping my hands around, it gets my heart rate going. 
which then does what? Gets my breathing going faster. So again, I'm making it worse. Again, what did Carl Jung say? That which you resist persists. And so the point is to get the flow back from that divine source from our soul to go ahead and get rid of that stagnant water. So we're stepping out of the way of evil, allowing to get rid of the eggs of all of what's attracting that. And then it's a matter of getting rid of the parasites, mosquitoes that are on the host. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that visual and it's so true. So what, what are your, um, I guess, approaches to helping people? Is it, is it meditation, mindfulness? Is it a combination of things? Yeah, it's a combination of things. It's mainly meditation, right? Because I do some coaching because I find that, so the, the mind is a defense mechanism, right? You walk into an, an, un, you know, an unknown space and immediately your mind is like, hey, what is this place? What's going on here? And so I'd like to give people just enough information for their left brain to be like, that makes sense. Right. And this is why models and maps of the world are very useful, like that map I just created, you know, with flow and with parasites. And so that way, the left brain can say that makes enough sense for me to be able to relax. And when we get to a meditative state, that's when we can actually reach in and actually start tapping into the soul. And the reason why is because, you know, anyone who's ever you know, been in data like I have, I used to do a lot of data analytics for the uh, entire you know, pediatric outpatient network at the University of Utah. And there's this idea that you have to quiet the noise to increase the signal. Well, where's the noise? But the noise is in our brain. And it starts from really innocuous things like, you know, hey, Terry, what do you want to be when you grow up? You're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I want to be this. Oh, I'm so excited. And then the people around you often will be like, well, that's dumb. Why would you want to do that? Wouldn't you want to be what, what I think would actually make you successful? And what happens is that we put people on pedestals and we can't help it whether it be a big brother, whether it be our mom and dad, whoever it is. And when they tell us things like that, we then start identifying with, oh, I'm dumb. Oh, my inner voice is dumb. Oh, this idea, this source of inspiration came within. But as I go through the Rolodex, as I go through the database within myself, what do I find? Evidence that I'm dumb. Therefore, I quit listening to myself. Therefore, I only have noise and zero signal. So we've got to clear hear the noise in order to open up the signal yeah now in order to clear out that noise is it a matter of then journaling and writing about it or or expressing how do they is it a session that they have with you as coach and then talk it out and how, how do people clear it out mm, that's such a great question and, and it reminds me of uh so my the great master who taught me how to heal ed Stracher. he had uh, an incredible uh, interview with a man by the name of Dennis Stevenson. And Dennis actually teaches, you know, I mean, multimillionaires about financial flow, how to become even more wealthy. And he doesn't say anything about the stock market. He doesn't say anything about portfolios. He, he only talks about flow. And he he had this really interesting line that it doesn't matter what you do, but that you do. So I'm going to take people through the meditations. And that's the big part. But the thing is, is, you know, you don't want to rely on me for the rest of your life, right? I'm here to help you, right? You may not know how to ride a bike. So I'm here to get you on the training wheels, get you riding your bike, and then take the training wheels off. And then if journaling is what helps do it, if you journal and, and it just, it's, it ends up becoming a burden and you don't really feel it, well then let it go. And again, it doesn't matter what it is that you do to get you to a healthier place, to get you to process that stuff, to get you to process that flow and get that flow back in your life. What matters is that you do. Oh, I'm so glad you said that, Joshua, because 
again, I have probably tried, I don't know, I'm I, truly like 75 different things along my healing journey because <laughs> it comes across my radar. I'm like, ooh. And so I talk about building a giant toolbox, right? Because some days that thing's going to work. Other days it's not going to work. And so then you can go back to your toolbox and be like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll do some art therapy today because journaling, I'm just not feeling the flow. Right. Yeah. And so I love that you're saying that it's, I love that saying that it's not, uh, it's, it's what, not was what you do, but that you do. It's that you do. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and you might even notice, you know, so there's, there's four basic human needs and there's the need for certainty and the need for variety, which is uncertainty. There's also the need for uh, for connection and the need for significance. Now, specifically with the need for certainty and uncertainty, well, what happens is we might find that a tool really works for us. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then we really lean into it and it gives us the certainty that I'm doing something. But then we might find that if we do it day after day after day, it kind of becomes a task. And it's almost like a check the mark on a list and that loses all of its that loses all of its all of its power all of its magic and so having the uncertainty a little, little bit of variety having a menu of things to, to do right and you know so my morning routine for instance you know i don't go through the exact type of meditation i meditate you know first thing i do when i wake up is i come and i drink a full bottle of my water and i usually meditate the night before into a a, a manifestation you know abundance manifestation because water retains memory so I'm putting my own love into it. I'm getting the love from the meditation into it. I also have pyramids that I put on top of my water bottles. Um, and so that way it's, you know, it's because it, pyramids will um, magnify and purify energy. And so that way, first thing in the morning, I'm drinking that down. And then I go upstairs and I'll, I might do a silent meditation. I might do a meditation with binaural beats. I might do a meditation with music. And so the point is to, to mix it up and really allow yourself to, to find the fullest expression of that tool that fits within you. So that way the best of you can come out. I love it. And I just, I did an interview this morning. We were talking about morning routines and I said every morning, uh, I don't reach for my phone. I, I go in, I get in the bathtub and I do healing work on my body since I'm still oh. trying to do some healing work to get through this, the last of this physical ailment. Mm -hmm. And, um, but same sort of thing. I sometimes I'll do some bright brain rewiring meditation. Sometimes I'll do just some um, like what's oh I found a station on Pandora. It was Theta Wave um, mm -hmm. meditation sounds, and so I, I'll do that. Um, but this morning I said uh, my son had made me a playlist on Spotify, a mom playlist. And he said, these are songs that remind me of you from my childhood. And so I turned it on and I said, oh my gosh, I so flashed back to the nineties because in, in early two thousands, because these songs, and I said, my kid paid attention because I love these songs. So, and um, even though it wasn't meditation so much, I really did just kind of close my eyes and allowed myself to just go into this but it was slowing my breathing and I was just yeah. such in such a happy, beautiful place, just listening to these memories. So yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> yeah. As far as music goes, um, I love, love to listen to Marina Ray, R-A-Y-E. She does a lot of, you know, wood flute, you know, uh, Native American music. Yeah. There's a lot of birds or like, you know, uh, bugs in the background and streaming water. And there's just so, it's so powerful. But then uh, if there's people who are really looking for more of the binaural 
neural aspect, you know, whether it be theta, whether it be alpha, whether it be delta, you know, brainwaves, Stephen Halpern, H-A-L-P-E-R-N, phenomenal. That guy is, is amazing. He's got some of the most amazing music and it can really just bring you right in. It's, it's fantastic. I've seen his name pop up on this, on this uh, station that I'm on, on Pandora, yeah. because it brings in just a whole eclectic mix. Uh, and I, I had a podcast guest on um, uh, Trish, and gosh, am I drawing a blank on her last name? Oh, Sorry, Trish, Devney. I love you, but I listen to you all the time. Devney, and it's D-H-E-V-N-E-Y. And her mm-hmm. station, same sort of thing. It's it's beautiful. It's like healing bowls and sounds. But then mm-hmm. um, as as I've listened to it so often, it, my the selection has expanded. And it is a lot of Native American and the wood yeah. flutes and a lot of nature sounds and just so peaceful and relaxing to my system. Yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful. I'm going to make a left turn and I want to talk about your hat <laughs> oh, <laughs> just yeah, for a second, sure. because I said, when I looked at your, your information um, for the interview and was reading up and seeing what questions I wanted to ask and so forth. And I said to myself, Oh my gosh, I love his hat. And so then when we, when you popped on to the video, for those of you listening on audio, you'll have to pop on over to the YouTube channel because we're, we'll have it on on video and you check it out. Um, but I love it. So, so talk to us about it for just a second. Sure. Uh, well, before I quite get into the hat to kind of set the stage, uh, I want to invite the idea from the Kabbalion, you know, as above, so below, as below, so above, as well as, you know, uh, opposites are the exact same, just a difference of um, a difference of degree. And so, you know, as a young child growing up, right, as below, so above, um, growing up, well, I had a hard time, right? I, I was raised in a household that didn't really have a lot of love. Got a lot, had a lot of alcoholism, had a lot of violence, you know, uh, you know, uh, verbal and physical. And so, how did I make myself feel safe? Well, I had long hair. I had knee-high Doc Martens. You know, you know, I was part of the uh, the goth club, and you know, big Slayer shirts, you know, big Marilyn Manson shirts and a big old leather jacket. So, you know, my, my, my clothes are my armor. My clothes are what made the statement of who I am. Well, I didn't realize that who I am, I was trapping myself more in the me, right? Cause there's the me, which is my body. And there's, I am, which is again, the superset, my soul. And so the hat, I had a, the dark night of my soul, right? My life was kind of falling apart and, you know, a big part of that was the, well, the, the pandemic really just thrust that over, you know, I was working in pediatrics and I felt so good. I came from pediatric medical research and, you know, and so, you know, I've been in, involved in you know, healthcare for over 10 years and so now I'm doing data analytics, helping all the providers and feeling amazing. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is all political. Like there's nothing here about taking care of people, it's all politics. Like, wow, have I been so blind? Have I been in my bubble this whole time while looking at other people like, hey, glad I'm not in their bubble. Like, oh my gosh. So it was such an an epiphany moment. But I tuned into this book here. It's a book that I read when I was in uh, the army. Uh, So, you know, dealing with, you know, with war time as well. And again, trying to, you know, bring myself back to, you know, who, you know, who I want to be, who I am. And it's the Cleric Quintet series by uh, R.A. Salvatore. And uh, there's this character named Catterly. And Catterly, I identified so much with. It's this guy who would, you know, he, he grew up in a monastery and they have all these rules for the sake of rules. 
But anyone who you know is spiritual knows that the spirit rebels against rules for the sake of rules. And so he would find himself in a place where instead of going from point A to point B to point C, you go from point A to point C and get there before anybody else, but not because he was trying to show others a better way, just so he could thumb his nose at authority and be like, look how smart I am. And it's like, bro, you're, you're like, this is, is this me? <laughs> is, is this my life? Um, well, and when, when danger, ultimate danger knocked on the door, right? And you could call that the pandemic. When things started falling apart, he, well, he stepped up. The boy had to become a man. And when he, stepped into his, you know, his godhood nature. In this case, is the, the god Denir, D-E-N, uh, I think, uh, E-I-R, um, but, uh, you know, Forgotten Realms. But, uh, you know, this holy god, well, once he started walking that path, well, he got a hat much like this. And so inside this hat, I had gilded Joshua I am. Because as I was growing up, again, I was told, you know, you should be Josh. Right, because Joshua is so childlike. Joshua sounds like a child. And I realized, oh, well, as I'm stepping into who I want to be, as well as stepping into my true power, is there, I mean, especially in the Western world, is there really a more powerful name than Yeshua? Than Joshua? I mean, is there? Like, holy cow, I've robbed myself of so much power stepping into my power by listening to the noise and not by listening to the signal, my heart. Beautiful. Well, and so my hat really is that. a way for me to I, death who I want to be, who I am, start and, and uh, a way to not, not really shield myself, but more announce myself instead of cowering with a with a big leather jacket. Announce myself like, "Hey, here I am. I'm here to help." Yes. I love it. Well, it certainly caught my attention. And I'm so glad that when you popped on, I was like, I love your hat. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, truly, it's it's just something that it, you do announce yourself with it, because it was it was just one of those things that I noticed immediately and just was drawn to. So uh -huh. uh, I love it. All right. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, cool. So let me see. Oh, um, Talk about the miracle healing system. That was something that was came up and I put a little star by it. So what yeah. is that? Well, the miracle healing system is, is exactly that. I mean, what do I call it? What do I call a system where, you know, I, I take somebody through a meditation and I heal their soul. I get rid of those parasites. I get rid of those. And so I wasn't really sure what to call it. And the more that I started tapping into ancient wisdom and really drawing upon, you know, sources like the Tao Te Ching, well, I've started to now, um, wrap not just the healing, but also the coaching part into the Qing system, C-H-I-N-G, which really is, you know, clarity and concentration. Most people know exactly what they don't want, but have no idea what they do want. And as people, we can't help but one, move in the direction of our focus while also magnifying our focus. And if we only know what we don't want, well, guess what we're going to get more of, right? And then the H is, you know, healthy in, you know, body, mind, and spirit. Again, as below, so above, as above, so below. If we treat our bodies like slaves, like this, you know, peasant, it just throw some food down the hatch, right? It doesn't need to be healthy, right? Just give some slop. Well, then that's not going to set up our mind for what it needs in order to be healthy. And if our mind's not healthy, well, that's going to block our connection to, to source, to our soul. And, you know, the I is again, the great I am. Let's separate out the me from the I am. You know, the N is the non-negotiables, right? Where are we dogmatic? Where are we skeptical and not open-minded? 
because there's not a single time, not, not a single time that being skeptical and not open-minded will ever benefit you in your life, period. Right. Don't believe what I say. Don't believe what and you know any guru or any, you know, any, you know, psychologist, any doctor says, try it out yourself and see where it works for you. Right. Try out and see, we'll see, you know, see how and then you know, so be skeptical, but be open-minded, be an open-minded skeptic. So, you know, examine the non-negotiables. And the G is goodness, right? What really set me on this path was carving out my greatest ideal of goodness of which I can conceive. And for me, who was that? It was Gandalf, but not just Gandalf that's, you know, fighting some, some giant demon in a mine he didn't want to go to in the first place, right? Moria or facing off against the witch King, which again, he wanted nothing to do with the witch King. Gandalf helped save the world because he saw what nobody else could. That what keeps great evil at bay is one act of kindness to another, just a small act. And who did he hang around with that, that didn't almost, you know, universally that hobbits. Hobbits that everyone else thought had no value were the ones who saved the world because their hearts were so full of love. And that is what Gandalf saw that nobody else could see. That's so awesome. Now you make me want to go watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, in the Tao Te Ching, is that, um, do you, have you ever read Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Change Your so, Thoughts? Yes, he, so he did, he's, I think he went through and talked about how he studied it like maybe one chapter a week. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Wayne Dyer. Yeah. He, he loved the Tao Te Ching. It was pretty. Yeah. Awesome. Cause I, one of my books right behind me here, I think is the, the change your thoughts, change your life um, book. And it, it does, it walks through each of like each chapter talks about it. And Oh my gosh, that was, that truly is in my top three books of having a life altering effect on my, on my life because it wow. just changed the way I was seeing the world and, yeah. and, and how, yeah, just, just my filter. And yeah. um, it was beautiful. So yeah, again, I, I love it that your work incorporates that as well. So. Well, um, it, it helps examine, you know, uh, Alan Watts is a big fan of Buddhism or was, you know, when he was alive, big fan of Buddhism as well as Taoism. And he really talks about, you know, the way that, you know, the Tao Te Ching is written is, is really similar to a Buddhist koan. And I don't know if you've ever read any Buddhist koans, but if you try to make logical sense, you'll be scratching your head all day like, what? What, <laughs> what did I just read? Um, and it's meant to be received in much the same way that a joke is received. When somebody tells a brilliant joke, you just get it, right? It just happens. The spark is there and you laugh. And if somebody has to explain the joke, it kind of loses some, It loses it, what's, what's special about it. And with the Tao Te Ching, you'll find that as you're going through life, right, you're reading it, you're consuming it, however it, you know, maybe you're, you're listening to it on audiobook. And as you go through life, there's going to be parts of it that flash through your head and you just intuit, oh, that's what that meant. That's what that is. And that's, that's what I find so brilliant is that it just pops up. And then I'm able to actually then come from a place of, of experience, right? Because you know, the difference between, and where a lot of people, you know, get tripped up is there's a difference between advice and opinion. Right. Advice is coming from somebody who has, you know, it is where you want to be, right? Has a meaningful way to tell you, to guide you to get to that place. Whereas opinion is everything else. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful and deep. I can think on that for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about yet? Um, 
most people uh, I find when they have you know pain symptoms, whether it be depression, PTSD, or chronic pain, you know arthritis, right? The the idea that the body can't regenerate cartilage is so absurd. But the problem is, right? You know, and Bruce Lee, as I understand, was famous for for you know these are going to be my words, not his, but uh, say an approximation of be careful how you speak to yourself because your body can't help but to listen. And if if you know if trauma is caused by causing a corruption to the programming, you know, from a young age, well, we can easily program, you know, corrupt the programming at an older age too. And if the only thing that we listen to is medical science that treats us as, oh, the only thing missing from you is a pill. And then they say, well, we don't have a pill that can regenerate uh, cartilage. So I'm sorry, but there's nothing more that we can do. Well, that's devastating to people. And they believe that. And if you believe that, well, then you're having the the nocebo effect, right? They're the reverse placebo effect, where you're actually then negatively influencing your body based upon your beliefs. And there's this idea that um, what's his name? Tony Robbins has that you know the most powerful you know the most powerful part of the human psyche is the need to be consistent with one's identity. And if we identify as say a Christian that identifies, oh, I'm just a wretch, right? I sing you know Amazing Grace. For God so saved a wretch like me. I'm, I'm nothing but a wretch. I'm just a sinner. Well, what sort of programming are you installing, right? When, when, when you use those words, when you have those beliefs. And if you say, well, Jesus can heal, but I'm a wretch. Well, are you worthy of healing if you're a wretch? And so, you know, our governing beliefs really are tied to our, our identity. And so really what I do is by getting rid of these parasites, getting rid of these mosquitoes, will I help you connect to that great I am? And really just in a very basic way, help you connect to, you know, who do you, who do you want to be? What identity do you want to have? And let's get that to show up. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And just to put a PS on that and a little exclamation point star by that on this healing journey that I've been on, um, I refused, well, one, the medical community couldn't help me because it was mycotoxin poisoning from mold exposure and Western medicine just was like, you know, here, take this pill here. You yeah. know, we want to, your, your blood pressure is out of whack. Your vitamin C is out of whack. Your vitamin D is out of whack. Your, your electrolytes are crazy. We'll just pill, pill, pill. And not that I'm anti-pharmaceutical and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go down that road, but for me personally, I am. And I, I was like, no, no, we need to find the root cause. Like yeah. what is going on with my body? Why am I so sick? And, uh, eventually found my way to a nutritionist who said, Terry, I think you might have some mycotoxin poisoning. <laughs> and so we went and then we went a very holistic. So, but I started to look at the way I was healing instead of saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so sick. I feel like I'm dying. I started to say, Oh, body, you know what you need, you know what you're doing. And I started to listen and I started to truly stop during my meditations and ask my body, what do you need? What mm. do you need? And I was just so impressed with the fact that my body that I was able to hear and listen yeah. and be able to give it the things that it needed. And now I'm at 95% uh, healed mm. from everything that had gone wrong. Mm. Sounds like you quieted the noise so you could actually increase the signal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for helping guide others how to do that. I think I was able to figure it out just because I've been doing this five years and figuring it, you know, talking to such beautiful healing souls and healers that, uh, yeah, I was able to 
or or God whispers, angel whispers, whatever it was, something something led me in the right direction. So, so how do folks connect with you? Where do they find you? Yeah, you know, if if you're in a similar situation, right, you're listening to this, you're like, hey, there's something about what this guy's saying that really resonates with me. And pills, you know, haven't worked for me, right? Uh, because if one person can take a pill and it might solve that that problem, but then cause a bunch of other problems. But medical science says, hey, that's a success. We don't care about those other problems. We have another pill for that. And so we just give you another pill. It might cause other problems. We're like, okay, well, great. We have another pill for that. And, you know, if you don't necessarily want to go down that path and, you know, risk, you know, uh, you know, poisoning your body, right. With a lot of just unnecessary things, you know, and, you know, it seems to be that every year we hear of a new class action lawsuit of a pill that's causing devastating effects. And, you know, if you want to find a way to, to deal with the root cause, to step out of that pain, to remake your identity, to show up. So you're no longer feeling resistance, trying to do good for yourself. Well, you know, you can reach out to me at uh, freemefrompains.com. And, you know, I even have, you know, towards the bottom, I've got a button there where you can download a, you know, a free meditation. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I don't really know how to meditate. Well, great, because part of that free meditation is me taking you through how to quiet your mind and then taking you through a brief meditation. So that way I can train people to actually uh, understand how to, again, quiet the noise to increase the signal in their own life. So that way it can be my gift to you. But, um, you know, you can, you can get that as well as book a healing plan. The healing plan, what we can do is we can chat, you know, uh, no, it's, you know, no pressure, it's free. And what we can do is just chat and help you get some clarity. Because again, most people know exactly what they don't want, but have very little idea of what they do want. So true. <laughs> yes. And been there, done that. So, yeah. well, gosh, this has just been so enlightening. I know I've certainly learned a lot. So thanks for joining me today on the show. Oh, hey, I really appreciate again you you holding the space for this. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, you know, I, your last name is quite fitting for the, the work that you do. Oh, thanks. <laughs> awesome. All right. And Sammy didn't make any noise, so no UPS truck pulled up. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, Terry Wilbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well, terrywellbrock.com. You can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.